and hello everyone and welcome to the truth will set you free bible prophecy tv radio edition i am vic batista along with nathan jones and we're transmitting live from 102.3 fm truthfm.tv as well as tweetcasting.tv and our various networks and it's great to have every one of you tuned into our program today and remember our lines will be open the local number is 305-992-9537 305-992-9537 we'd love for you to call in with your questions or your comments so you can also text in at 321 anytime 321-363-8463 we're excited about today's program as we're looking at god's mighty angels in the book of daniel daniel chapter 9 the 70th week of daniel an exciting program we pray that you can stay tuned to be part of this great great series edition and of course before we continue i'm going to ask nathan jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer lord jesus we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word especially something as difficult and challenging as daniel 9 pray you'll give us the words and the understanding lord so that we may grow in our relationship with you bless all those who are tuned in lord bless pastor Vic and calvary chapel aventura for hosting this program in your precious name amen, amen. thank you again you tune into the truth will set you free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 78th week as we see the declaration of God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the truth will set you free as well as Calvary Chapel Broward. And of course, we would love for you to keep us in prayer. Our programs here, our network, and the guests that we oftentimes have in this program. And if you would like to be a prayer partner, make sure you get a hold of us. By giving us a call at 305-992-9537, we'd love to add you to the prayer partners list. And of course, we also want to encourage those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, if you find yourselves in the Hollandale Aventura area, we'd love for you to be part of our services. 9 a.m. in Spanish on Sunday mornings and 10.30 in English and 12.30 up in Calvary Chapel Broward in the Fort Lauderdale area. So we'd love to get to know some of you. And of course, remember, Christmas is coming very, very soon. We'd love for you to be part of Blessing a Child with this incredible incredible ministry of Franklin Graham. Uh, and of course, uh, Samaritan's Purse. And you can find more information on their web or by calling 1-800-353-5949 or simply going to samaritanspurse.org and bless a child with Operation Christmas Child, as well as also um, the Billy Graham's Evangelistic Association as they're getting ready to do a wonderful outreach in November uh, with this incredible ministry. So pray for this ministry and uh, be part of them. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to the first segment of our program. Nathan, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Oh, pleasure's all mine, brother. Thank you for having me on. Amen. As one, someone once said, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. And you and I are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, good to see you again and uh, hear you both at the same time. This T-Wave.TV uh, website you got is really great. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And uh, it's just, I'm excited, man, because of all the wonderful things that God is doing. And people out there, because of technology, sometimes they want to put a face with the voice. And I don't know if that's always good, right, Nathan? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're a fairly decent looking man. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Uh, and, 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 uh, coming from you, that means a lot to me, man. It means a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, Nathan, like we, uh, our audience, though, that you and I always have a lot of fun here, and uh, we're excited about Lamb and Lion Ministry. You guys are always up to something awesome and something new that God is doing and highlighting wonderful things. Also, want to uh, ask you, Nate, before we continue, if you would just share a little bit of, of the ministry in case someone is new, your contact information and where they can get a hold of all these wonderful resources. 
Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a biblical prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And folks can find out more about us, about Dr. David Reagan, our founder and senior evangelist, and all that's going on at Lamb and Lion Ministries on our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. There we, they can watch our television show, Christ and Prophecy. They can check out our articles. Uh, we also have newsletters and blogs and social networks and uh, podcasts. And That's what rather, whatever we're, can be done technologically, we are trying to get that to get the gospel out. And so folks, check us out, lamblions.com. That's right. And the second most handsome person behind me there, that's Nathan Jones, by the way. So those of you that are watching and listening, (laughs) so you can put the face together with the voice. Nathan, thank you so much. And Nathan, you know, I want to thank you because you put out this incredible blast yesterday regarding the uh, our past programs that you and I have done. And those can be found in iTunes, right? Yeah, it's a great blessing. You can check out our Christ and Prophecy uh, channel on iTunes. Of course, we podcast the the different interviews, both... uh, the Christ and Prophecy episodes, the ones we do here on T-Wave and others that on uh, Dr. Megan's yes. special. It does a lot of radio interviews, and I get some on other networks, and we, we also put those there, too. And so we just wanted, again, get the word out. And we've been out to a number of podcast directories throughout the world, so our podcasts are, are very popular in Germany right now. So All right. shout out to those from Germany who are listening in. Woo. Excellent. Hello there to you in Germany. Thank you, Nathan, and that's a good point because we're global now, and people can really get a hold of the gospel from anywhere around the world. So I'm so excited for what you're doing. Well, we're getting closer and closer to that every tribe, tongue, nation, and people getting the gospel. Absolutely. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing those resources. Those of you that are watching and listening, again, make sure that you check out lamblion.com. And, uh, again, take advantage of all these wonderful resources uh, that they are putting together. And, of course, Nathan, you and I have been making our way now in a new series here through the book of Daniel. As we've been looking at these God's mighty angels declaration and these incredible prophecies that are being opened up to us uh, in the book of Daniel and you oftentimes say that Daniel is a mini book of Revelation so again people need to read uh, Daniel and Revelation one with uh, one book in each hand right Nate? Yes well they are very much like bookends uh, when it comes to Bible prophecy a lot of what you understand in Revelation can be brought back to Daniel and vice versa Absolutely. Excellent point. And of course, Nathan, we have been making our way through the 70th week of Daniel, and we actually have been taking our time through it because it's just so much information, and I don't know anything about it. You're the expert. You know everything there is to know about Daniel, the 70th week, so that's why I've been turning it over to you. When it comes to Daniel 9, everybody's a student. Uh, It is probably one of the meatiest of the prophetic chapters in the entire Bible is one of the, can be some of the most confusing in some areas. Yeah. And it's got also, I would say, it's claimed the same as it's got the most speculation. Yes. Especially we got a little later when we start talking about the Antichrist. So Daniel 9 is a packed chapter, brother, but uh, uh, when it comes to Bible prophecy, get an understanding about it will help you understand and put together a proper prophetic timeline that's uh, literal interpretation based mm. in the Bible. I love it. And you know, Nathan, one of the things that Daniel did forgot to reveal certain things to him was was pray and i was going to ask before we dive in and read daniel 9 beginning verse 24 through 26 can you pray for us and just ask the lord to open up our minds as well as the listeners and the viewers before we read those verses yeah pray again sure lord jesus again we just ask that you will help us understand this very difficult chapter yes. the lord uh, open it up to us so that uh, we may uh, just be amazed at your mm. plans for the ages and 
celebrate and uh, what that culmination of that plan is, which is your victory and your return. Yes. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. And Nate, will you be able to read there uh, chapter 9, verses 24 through 26 once again before we move into the last verse 26? Okay, sure. And uh, I'll read from the New King James to start. I think I'll be zipping over to NIV here and there because it's a little, little rough on, on reading on that. But, uh, verse 24 goes, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until for Messiah the Prince there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, you and I dove into the beginning verses there, verses 24 and 25, and we went uh, sort of taking it apart, uh, going through it a little slow because it's just a lot of information. And Nate, before we move into verse 26, would you mind giving us a quick recap there of verses 24 and 25 as a highlight for maybe someone who wasn't uh, tuned into the previous programs? Well, the angel came with a message. Remember, Daniel was praying and fasting, and God sent the angel Gabriel to give an answer to his prophetic timeline. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what he did is he said that there are 70 prophetic weeks. When he talks about a week, each day of the week would be considered a year. So what he's really talking about is 490 years. So there is in the prophetic timeline of God from the point that a... Man, or you could say an edict was to go out and restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince Jesus, comes. There would be seven weeks, another 49 years, and 62 weeks. Right. And combined, that would be 483 years. Now, last time we got together, and you and I covered some of the different edicts, some of the starting points that uh, Daniel could have based off of. Now, of course, a lot of this is Daniel would have been dead by, by the time these edicts were made, but we have the benefit. Yes. Of looking back in history at some of these edicts and being like, ah, that's yeah. where the four, the seventieth week or seventy weeks begin. I love that. And you know, Nathan, that's why we love the Word of God. It's prophetic, and we get to benefit because we have it, and we're able to say, Lord. Reveal to us now where we are in this time frame, right, Nathan? Because the clock is ticking, and you and I are living in a really special time. We are, we are, and, and it's, it's a difficult thing. But what's amazing about Daniel is Daniel has so many exact, precisely calculated prophecies that have yeah. come true that when you understand those, it really helps one that place their trust and faith in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because when you see these years come in, we went through the different decrees and uh, there's uh, I'd say there's two main views one that takes us calculated almost exactly to the, well, let me say to the day right. of when Jesus does a triumphal entry and that's uh, a view that John MacArthur explains very well he goes to the exact day that from uh, Artaxerxes uh, proclamation all the mm-hmm. way until Jesus comes. Dr. David Reagan on our website has an excellent article on Daniel's 70th week. I recommend reading that. And he takes another view, and that takes us up exactly to the day of Christ's crucifixion. So either way, the numbers work out to the Messiah being cut off. So we know exactly that Jesus Christ was cut off 
just as Daniel has been prophesied to by the angel. And brother, that ought to put your faith really strong in the Bible because there is absolute proof that Daniel was written before Jesus came. And so how could it be yeah. known unless it was the exact word of God? Nathan, that's an excellent point. You know, people try to downplay the Bible today that, you know, it was man-made and that God didn't write it. But we see the accuracy. It is impossible for so many prophecies to be fulfilled by accident, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's nothing accidental about prophecy. It's impossible. You can't accidentally fulfill prophecies. General ones, yeah. You're right. But specific ones, especially when Jesus had said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah, when there's two Bethlehems in, in Israel at the time, it, it, it named uh, the family line he would come through. It named uh, that he would be a minister up in the Galilee area. I mean, again and again and again, there were prophecies that were made that Jesus fulfilled. I would tell you, actually, there was 300 general and 109 distinct prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled. Mm. And uh, just Daniel here is just one of them that the Messiah would be cut off. And so... That, though, leaves us with a problem because that's only, there's one week missing. Exactly. There's a seven-year time period that has yet to be fulfilled. And you've got to wonder, where does that seven years fit? What do you think, Pastor Vick? Well, Nathan, we believe that that's going to be something that is going to occur yet in the future. So that's why as we look there at verse 26 and on, we begin to see the development of all the pieces that fall into into that week. So that was a great question, Nathan. Yeah, and I agree with you totally. That for some reason, God, and I think this would have been fulfilled if Jesus was accepted as the Messiah. Matter of fact, Jesus even lamented as he rode through Israel. He was crying when he saw, knowing that Jerusalem yes. would be destroyed in 70 AD, knowing that the people would turn him over to be crucified instead of accepting him as Messiah. That the prophetic timeline had to change. Mm -hmm. Now, was there a provision? Would they have accepted him? Probably never, right? Because Jesus yeah. then wouldn't have died for our sins. But that then pushed the prophetic timeline that one week of Daniel left, a seven-year block of time, is left unfulfilled. And, you know, we have been in the church age now for almost 2,000 years. Yes. So where did that seven years fit? It hasn't happened yet. Right. And that's where the rest of Daniel chapter 9 will explain that a little better. That is so exciting. So, yes, Nate, if you could take us through verse 26 uh, and on, we begin to unfold this incredible blessing that is left for us here to see. Okay. Well, you want to start with 26 again? Yes, if we could uh, walk slowly through 26 again. It talks about Messiah being uh, cut off. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Well, let me read 26 through 27. Let's backtrack that. After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a full blood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Mm, excellent. So, Nathan, there we talk about the Messiah being cut off and then this prince that shall destroy the sanctuary. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Well, we know that Jesus Christ was crucified. He right. died on the cross. He was buried for three days and he rose again. And so the Messiah had a victory that provided salvation for everybody. But... He inherited a spiritual kingdom through the hearts and minds of the people who put their faith in him. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been on this earth as Christ's spiritual kingdom. 
Well, we are waiting for a time where Christ returns to set up his physical kingdom, as we read in Revelation 20. Six times it says that for a thousand years, Jesus will rule and reign on this earth. And that hasn't happened yet. And just before that happens, though, Satan gets one big push to try to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get what's called the prince. And when he, uh, Daniel's talking about the prince, other references, we're talking about the Antichrist, a one-world ruler who one day will eventually take over the world, and uh, he will come from the people who destroyed the city and the sanctuary. And in 70 AD, he destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. Excellent. And you know, Nathan, that's why there it talks about the, the destruction. Uh, the san- uh, it talks about the, 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 he destroys the city and the sanctuary. And then it says, And the end of it shall be with a flood to the end of war desolation uh, is determined. And, and what exactly are we looking at here? Well, the end of Christ, when he comes, he will make a, and we can read this in other places, he will make a covenant. He will make right. a covenant with the people of Israel. And we don't know what exactly that covenant will be. Uh, some believe that it was a covenant that will bring peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Mm. And others believe that it's a covenant that brings peace uh, for Israel from the rest of the world, from the UN constantly hounding them. I believe that Israel will become a superpower one day, and I do because Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about a war that's coming where Israel will conquer pretty much the Middle East and the Mm -hmm. Muslim world. Russia will be destroyed in the process, and even today we're seeing Russia making inroads into the Middle East. We're also, they've now got a a base in Syria. They're moving troops into Syria. We're also seeing that they have the connections with Iran and some of these other nations that Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, has. So, Mm -hmm. Israel will become a power because God will step in and he will supernaturally defeat Russia and its armies that attack Israel. And that will create Israel to be a superpower in the world. So I really believe that the Antichrist treaty with Israel isn't to protect Israel, but is to protect the world from Israel. And then he uses that to conquer the rest of the world. Halfway in, we're reading here in the midpoint, you can read that again in Second Thessalonians 2, the Antichrist is going to break that treaty. Mm, excellent point. So, Nathan, basically what we're looking at here is verse 26 through verse 27. There's also a leap into the future, right? A leap of time from the time that Jesus was crucified and cut off. And then all of a sudden here the Bible tells us it sort of catapults us into the future, even past our time, into an event that still hasn't occurred. Daniel will do that again later in Daniel 11 as he's going through... Uh, a very, very detailed prophecy that takes you up to what's called the intertestamental period, the time between uh, Malachi and Matthew, the 400 years of silence. And he is the Ptolemies from the north in Syria, I'm excuse me, from Egypt in the south, and the Seleucids in the north in Syria duke it out back and forth across Israel. You can go through Daniel 11 and read each prophecy and how amazing, absolutely mind-blowing it is that it's fulfilled. And then he gets up to a man called Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, he is a ruler who will come and desecrate the temple right. and it creates what's called the Maccabean Revolt. And then all of a sudden it skips way into the future mm-hmm. and talks about the Antichrist, a man who is like right. the <laughs> And that's what we're, what's happening here in Daniel 9. The angel is, uh, Gabriel is telling uh, Daniel here that, that we are getting here where the prince, the city and the sanctuary are destroyed. Well, we know that that was 70 AD. Right. And then it skips way into the future to Daniel's 70th week where it talks about the Antichrist, who is a descendant of those people, a descendant of the Romans. Mm-hmm. And then he will do the same thing. He will desecrate the sanctuary, which is the rebuilt temple. 
Excellent point. And that's why, Nathan, when we get to verse 27, uh, we're in this uh, period now there because it talks about then he shall confirm a covenant uh, with the many for one week. So, of course, we know that hasn't happened yet. We see that this man, this Antichrist, could possibly be alive even right now. Nate, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I believe that Satan doesn't know the future other than what's written in the Bible. That he's always had a man ready. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's obvious either Hitler or Stalin during World War II. Um, there's, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein maybe in the in the 90s. He's always had one man ready to rise up. And as soon, brother, you know it. As soon as we get rid of one bad guy on the world, yeah. then another one shows up. You know? Yes. And we get rid of Saddam, and also now we got ISIS. Uh, you know, I, you get rid of one dictator, and another one shows up. It never seems to end. And so Satan's always ready to, with a man. Now, do I believe that the Antichrist, the one of Bible prophecy, is alive? I very much do. And the reason is because in Luke 21 and other chapters, like Matthew 24, Jesus gives signs of the end times that point to the soon return of Jesus yeah. Christ. And he says that the signs would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we get to Jesus comes. Signs like an increase in earthquakes, yes. an increase in wars. And we read that right here in Daniel 26 wars and desolations and you know he's talking about how all these things will increase before jesus comes mm-hmm. and we live in a time period man where it is an incredible amount of signs they're all converging together israel is a nation again and that tells us that jesus is coming soon nathan what an excellent point i mean just everywhere you turn for people that really want to see the signs of the time, I mean, it's everywhere. We talked about technology. We talked about the development of of uh, the nuclear weapons. We talked about, I mean, just transportation. Uh, I mean, you name it, and it's here, and it's all sandwiched in between these two verses uh, in terms of uh, what is actually happening. And we pray for anyone watching and anyone listening that your eyes will be open, that you will see this as a time that time is drawing short. The Lord can come at any moment. And that's why we encourage any one of you that are tuned in that maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Listen, we don't have much time. Today is the day of salvation. And we would love for you to turn to the Lord right now to recognize that, man, you, you messed up. You've sinned. But you have a God that loves you. And that he's willing to forgive you for your sins if you grab hold of his son, Jesus. And Nathan, that's why we offer that as a hope for those that are watching right now, right? We, everybody has a hope for their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. That hope is that the Messiah, the one that was prophesied, was cut off. And it says he was cut off on verse 26, but not for himself. In other words, mm. nobody killed Jesus Christ. He yes. allowed himself to die for our sins. No one can kill God. God <laughs> allowed himself to die. And he did that because he loves you so much and he wants your sins to be forgiven. He wants that relationship restored so that you and God can talk and walk in that fellowship just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And you do that forever in his home in heaven. And so we're looking forward, brothers, to that day. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to Daniel's 70th week to, to finally come, and, as horrible as it will be, to get an end to this time period so yeah. we get into Jesus' millennial kingdom and then into the eternal state. Well, Nathan, I, I am in agreement with you. I, I'm ready to fly, man. I'm ready for that new body. <laughs> I, I am. I want to. Le- I, I just started working out, going to the gym recently, and I'm a lazy uh, exercise person, bro. So I want. I want the day to come where I don't have to do anything to this old tent anymore. Yeah, that's one of the blessings. Uh, uh, we get a 2.0 upgrade, a glorified body <laughs> when Jesus raptures the church up to heaven when he takes all those who have put their faith and trust in him 
up to heaven. It's a resurrected new bodies. Uh, my head's starting to fall apart too, man. And I am a lazy exerciser myself, although I do get it in now and then. And uh, so, yes, I'm looking forward to the, the glorified, strong, super body that we will get one day. Amen. And Nathan, of course, and we, and we do encourage those that are listening and those that are watching. Really, there's so many wonderful things that await us in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Right, Nathan? And in John 14... The Bible says that God is preparing a place for us. And you and I have talked about that place in Revelation 21, right, Nate? In Revelation 22. And really, we're excited because we want to offer that uh, for those people that are watching and listening, right, Nate? We do. We want people to understand that you were made to have fellowship with God. You were made to dwell in His home forever. The home called the New Jerusalem. It's, well, our heaven will come down to a new earth. And there we will dwell with Jesus Christ forever. And to have that happen, our sins needed to be forgiven because we could not stand before a holy God in our sinful bodies. And Jesus achieved that by dying on the cross for our sins. And when we repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in him, we shall be saved. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful word of encouragement. So thank you, Nathan. And again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at Daniel's 70th week in Daniel chapter 9. Remember, our lines will remain open if you want to text in your questions or your comments. 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. Those of you that are watching us live via twitcasting.tv, you can actually post there your questions or your comments for us on screen. Now, Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to the first segment uh, of our program. And uh, in verse 27, of course, there it talks about in the middle of the week, he shall bring forth an end to sacrifice and offering. Speaking about this man that we just talked about, this uh, this antichrist that is going to be rising into power uh, in the future. And of course, we'll get into more details regarding uh, this because the whole period, the whole week, as you mentioned to us, is actually a seven-year period, right, Nate? Correct. The tribulation, the wrath of God, uh, similar to the flood, a judgment upon man, uh, this angel Gabriel is telling us will last for seven years. Excellent. And that's why those of you that maybe just tuned in, we want to encourage you to stay tuned to the second segment of our program and get your Bibles and make sure that you turn there to Daniel uh, chapter 9 and lock it in. We're going to go on a break and then we will be right back. But we hope that you can stay tuned and be part of these wonderful studies. So this way the Lord will be revealing to you his wonderful plan uh, for your life. And well, Nathan Jones, uh, we've come to the end of the first half of our segment. Man, I want to thank you so much. For opening up to us those wonderful scriptures. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you having me. Excellent. And of course, we want to encourage those of you that are listening and those of you that are watching. We pray that you can stay tuned to the second segment of our program. But if you cannot, remember, we'll leave our lines open. The local number is 305-992-9537. If we can pray for you, if we can serve you, just simply let us know. The rest of you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you.
And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as tweetcasting.tv, and our various network. We thank you for tuning in to the second segment of our program as we're looking at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, talking about Daniel's 70th week in Daniel chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. And remember, our lines will be open. The local number is 305 992 9537 305-992-9537 you can text in or call in with your questions uh, or your comments and of course before we continue I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer Lord we thank you so much for the study of Daniel 9 help us to understand it Lord open up your meaning to us so that we may grow in a relationship with you thank you for this uh, opportunity Lord to be on radio and we just yes. praise you for the technology today that reaches so many for Christ mm. in your precious and wonderful name Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set Your Free TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 9, Daniel's 70th week. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And of course, you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. And we are also in need of prayer partners. If you would like to be part of the prayer partners team, get a hold of us. We'd love to add you as we are in need of much prayer here during the week. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, for those of you that are listening and those of you that are watching, consider, pray about being part of Operation uh, Rescue, the missions, and as well as Operation Christmas Child, some wonderful ministries. Uh, one is through ORC, Operation Rescue the Children, and another one is Samaritan's Purse. And you can find more information at samaritanspurse.org or call in there, the wonderful ministry started by Franklin Graham, 1-800-353-59. Four nine and bless a child uh, this Christmas through this wonderful ministry. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to the second segment of our program. Nathan, great to have you back. Wow, I made it to the second segment. <laughs> I must be doing something right. <laughs> no, you, you, you know, we, we have such a wonderful time. We go on a break because we know that there's different watching and listening audience. So I'm glad you did not go anywhere. No, I'm right here. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Amen. Nathan, before we continue on the second segment of our program, again, maybe someone just tuned in. Would you briefly again share with us uh, your ministry and also how people can get a hold of you and those wonderful resources that you produce there? Well, I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Founded by Dr. David Reagan. Uh, they can check that out on our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. Folks can check out our television show, yeah. Christ and Prophecy, which airs all over the world and it's been on now for 13 years. You can also uh, read articles, uh, blog articles as well, uh, social networks. They can join, like our Facebook group and Twitter account. Uh, we've got uh, e-newsletter to sign up. We've got a lot going on. We want to teach you about God's prophetic word. So check us out, landlions.com. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And I also noticed there you have a few conferences. Uh, coming up and it looks like one of those you're actually going to be visiting us uh, here in our area in Florida yes I hear that uh, we'll be coming down to Miami again it's been two years too long so <laughs> looking forward to uh, our evangelist uh, Dr. David Reagan myself uh, Colonel Tim Moore we travel all over the country and even to other countries and we share God's prophetic word to churches and conferences if folks want to ask us to come to their meetings or their church services they can through our website at 
Excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And I love it because you have a wonderful calendar of events for those individuals that sort of like want to follow and be part of what you guys are doing nationally. I think this is awesome. Well, praise the Lord, brother. And your website is seawave.tv and seawave.org. Uh, is that just the two websites or do you have more now? Well, we also linked it with the VicBatista.org, Nathan, as we also do ministries. We have other ministries now that we're partnering with. And people can simply, yeah, we got them all linked together and one leads to the other. And we're just there to serve uh, that community. And also on our Facebook page, uh, they can simply find our Facebook page on TWave.TV. And we also uh, link the programs there. So, yeah, Nate, we also have those available for individuals. Awesome. And thank you so much, Nathan, also for sharing uh, your contact information. We're very excited about today's second segment of our program as you and I have been moving through the book of Daniel and making our way, inching slowly through the verses. So hopefully anybody that's not familiar with Bible prophecy will not get too lost as we open up Daniel's 70th week. And Nate, of course, you um, we were looking at verses 26 and 27 and just a lot of wonderful information there. But will you be able to just read verse 26 and 27 for us once again, Nate, as we continue to move through these verses? Certainly. In the New King James, it reads, verse 26, And after the sixty-two weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Mm, excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, in the first segment of our program, we were looking about, we were talking about this week uh, out of the 70th week that Soter is missing. Can you refresh our minds again regarding this week? Well, the angel Gabriel was sent to give Daniel an answer to his question about when Israel would, uh, excuse me, Jerusalem would be rebuilt. Uh, again, the, the Jews of his time were in exile for 70 years up in Babylon, and uh, they were, their fervent prayer was that Jerusalem would be rebuilt again. And uh, after much prayer and supplication and fasting, God sent Gabriel to give him the prophetic timeline. And he said that Jerusalem would be rebuilt, and uh, that one day the walls would be there, and the temple would be going, and the sacrifices would be restored. And that's what exactly happened. Uh, there was a decree by a later king named Artaxerxes, and they rebuilt mm -hmm. the walls and the temple under Ezra and Nehemiah. And uh, we were told that of these 70 weeks, and we're talking about years, so 490 years, at the 483rd year, the Messiah would be cut off. And, man, you can get down to the day that there right. have been calculations. Sir Robert Anderson, Dr. David Reagan, uh, also John MacArthur, Dr. John MacArthur, they have all done different calculations that pretty much take you to the, about the same time, and that's where Jesus Christ rode triumphantly into Jerusalem and then was crucified a week later. And so, wow, that blows my mind every time <laughs> that Jesus Christ fulfilled exactly the prophecy given to Daniel almost 550 years before Jesus came. Nathan, and I love what you just shared with us. You took it from different angles, different commentators, and they've all come to the same conclusion. So someone can say, well, that was just that person's interpretation. No, as a matter of fact, we have a bunch of experts all calculating this time period, these years, and all leading to that triumphant entry. Pretty much. Uh, some might take it to the actual crucifixion. Some might take it to the beginning of Jesus's uh, ministry, three and a half yeah. years in the beginning of his ministry. But either way you calculate it, whether you use 
365 day year or you use a 360 day year depending on you end up at a major milestone in Jesus' life and ministry Amen. and again that's a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus Christ died yeah. just as the Messiah would be cut off and so here's a messianic prophecy that was fulfilled 100% I love that and that's why the Bible can be trusted 100% is the inerrant scriptures and we believe every bit of it right Nathan we take a literal literal and that's why there's people that today they, they try to put down the Bible as being a book of fairy tales well let me tell you, this book is more accurate than the atomic clocks right Nathan <laughs> it is it is and you know for those who try to discredit Daniel and say that Daniel's written hundreds of years later absolute nonsense yeah. it's been well proven that Daniel's written well over 500 years before Jesus came. He's included in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which yes. at least 200 years before Jesus came. This yeah. was written before Jesus came. And so we know that when you look at the calculations that take you right to mm -hmm. the major milestone in Jesus' life, you know that Bible prophecy is the Word of God. In our book, the Bible, is yeah. the exact Word of God that teaches us how we may be saved and reconciled with God and to be with God forever. I love that. You know, Nathan, th this is so awesome. And that's why those of you watching and listening, we pray that you follow along with us in the Word of God so that you can see how accurate Bible prophecy is. So, Nathan, we're talking about this uh, one week. And, of course, we look at a time period that extends even past our time in into the future. We know this man is going to rise up. We believe that could quite possibly could be alive right now. This man called the Antichrist is going to start a, a covenant uh, for seven years, right, with the people of uh, uh, the people of Israel, uh, and then uh, it talks here uh, that in the middle uh, of the week uh, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings. Can you take us from there on, Nathan? What exactly this is referring to? Okay. Well, again, we only have four hundred eighty-three years. There is a seven-year time period that has remained; it hasn't been fulfilled. It's called Daniel's seventieth week, or we also call it the tribulation. It's where God will pour out his wrath upon the world for its sin. And we can read about Daniel's 70th mm -hmm. week in Revelation. The seven years of Daniel apply to the seven years of tribulation that happened in the book of Revelation. So again, Daniel and, and Revelation, like we've been saying throughout these, these segments, are tied together. Uh, one co complements the other, and it fulfills and, and fills in the gaps of information that we might not have. So we know that this 70th week of Daniel is still future. In the middle of that, obviously, and we're living in it now, yeah. is the church age, that mystery that, that people didn't understand. The Messiah was cut off, so Jesus Christ has a spiritual kingdom on this earth right now as people give their hearts and lives to him, but we're waiting for that physical kingdom where Jesus rules and reigns from Jerusalem. Uh, 500 verses in the Old Testament and one in every 25 verses in the New Testament Tell us that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up his earthly kingdom. But we have to finish this prophecy of Daniel. And that's where <laughs> Daniel's 70th week comes in. Amen. So yeah, Nathan, continue to take us through because this is super exciting before we move on to chapter 10. Well, we have the Messiah cut off, right? And not for himself. In other words, he did not, uh, wasn't killed. Jesus Christ gave up his life. That's He's right. He's the one who stopped his heart. He's the one who died on the cross. And he did it for us so that we might be saved. He had victory over death by being resurrected three days later. Amen. And it says, Then the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, another 40 or so years later, 
we know the Romans came in mm-hmm. and with their legions, and they destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple. And right. as Jesus prophesied earlier during that last week of his life here on earth, that not one stone would be left upon another. And that's what the Romans did. They tore up the Temple Mount looking for melted gold. They threw the stones into the valley. There was nothing left of the Temple. Jerusalem was, was besieged for two years. Uh, there's reports by Josephus that people right. resorting to cannibalism. They were starving so much. The Romans desolated the land while they lived there, chopping all the trees down and eating all the food. And Israel was left a wasteland until that return. Mm. So that's what we're waiting for, is that uh, the fulfillment of this prophecy. But, now, for the prince to come, that's the Antichrist. And he yes. has to come from the people destroyed the city and sanctuary, that's the Romans. So we're waiting, waiting from a, for a European, and I'm not going to say an Islamic, I'm going to say a European Antichrist yeah. to rise up, to set up a kingdom on this earth, and he will walk into Jerusalem, and just like Antiochus Epiphanes back in uh, the intertestamental period, mm-hmm. he will uh, go into the temple, he will desecrate it, and he will declare himself to be God. Now, what do we need in Jerusalem for this prophecy to happen? Well, Nathan, we need a peace treaty, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. we need a peace treaty, but uh, we also need a temple. That's right? right. Excellent point. And there's not one there right now. I've been on the Temple Mount a few times. You know, there's the Dome of the Rock, there's the Islamic Mosque, there's the Alaska Mosque there as well. But, uh, you know, where the Temple once stood, it's just a, just stones, man. There's nothing there. There's no Temple there. And for the Antichrist to desecrate the Temple, right. it means that eventually the Jewish people will have to rebuild the Temple. You know, Nathan, and we know that right now, right, there's a few organizations that are working very diligently, are getting all the articles ready, they're preparing priests for sacrifice and all those sorts of things. You can go into the Temple Institute's headquarters in Jerusalem, and they will take you on a tour, and they will show you how many of the different instruments, the different priest clothes, mm-hmm. uh, the giant golden menorah, which is massive in size. They have all this ready. They are ready at the drop of a hat once they get permission to rebuild the temple. I mean, these people have been working at it for years. They've been training priests to do sacrifices. They're ready to go. So we just need the third temple to be built. And there's many scenarios that people have come up with to try to figure out, wow, what would allow the Jewish people to rebuild the temple? Mm Nathan, you know, I'm so glad that you're sharing that because this is part of why people struggle with this. Well, they, they say, man, there's not even any temple, so how is it going to be desecrated? But it really doesn't take long anymore with the technology that we have in building to put something together. Right, right. Uh, some have even theorized that they could throw up a tabernacle. Uh, I passed the Jewish Institute, uh, Temple Institute about that, and they, they weren't really keen on the idea. They want the actual temple, but they estimated it would take them about a year to build. And because, you know, we're talking about a not just the structure, but then getting all the, the fine-tuning, the, the decor, the, uh, the training, everything together, they think they can get that up in the air. So something has to happen. Now, the Temple Mount might be controlled by Israel, but they have given over dominion of it. You could, uh, let me reverse that. Israel has dominion over the Temple Mount since yeah. they captured Jerusalem in uh, 1967. But really, the Jordanians control the Temple Mount. Mm. And they do that because the famous Dome of the Rock, which has been up there for hundreds of years, is up there. The Muslims consider it a holy area, and anytime even Jews go up there, Muslims go berserk. Right now in Jerusalem, they're stoning people trying to get up onto the Temple Mount. So if 
Israel wants to rebuild the temple on the Temple Mount, they would bring the condemnation of the entire Islamic world onto them, mm-hmm. and therefore they have held off from doing that. And Nathan, that's why we're always reading the news, all the shootings and all the killings that always happen uh, there in that area, because we see there's a lot of hostility uh, even though uh, the Jews have control, but they don't have full control yet. And that's why, again, but we know for certainty, according to Matthew 24, right, Nate, and also Revelation chapter 11, that there will be a, a temple. There will be, yes. Yeah, it'll be called the third temple, because we, of course, had Solomon's temple, and then we had uh, Zerubbabel's, or it's also called Herod's temple, which was the second one. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, I was in, in Israel last year, and I was up with our tour group, on the Mount of Olives, and we heard what sounded like this roar coming across the Kidron Valley. And uh, we could look down onto the Temple Mount, and we saw the people pour out of the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and they were screaming and yelling and rioting. And we saw the news later that a Jewish Knesset uh, member had gone up on the Temple Mount, and the Muslims were just pretty much rioting up there. They had wow. the police up there, and, but this has become almost an everyday occurrence now. And there's a great tension right now between Jordan and Israel over control of the Temple Mount. But I believe, and we talked about this a little earlier, that when Israel becomes a superpower, when yeah. God for them wins the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, that that will free the Islamic pressure and take that off of Israel. Mm-hmm. And then Israel will be able to rebuild their temple. Now, will they build it on the rubble of the Dome of the Rock? Right. I think so. I don't think the temple will share the the Temple Mount with the Dome of the Rock. But that means Islam has to be taken out of the picture. And you know what? There's another Bible prophecy. Islam (laughs) will actually be taken out of the picture according to Ezekiel 38 and 39. Nathan, that's a good point. There's a lot of books and and articles written there regarding the temple and the the, the area that is empty and and sharing the lot. But I think what you're saying is, no, Islam needs to be taken out of the way completely because the the reality is we don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. And that's one of the theories where we read here that the Antichrist will create a covenant with Israel. Yeah. Maybe the covenant is it allows the Jewish people to rebuild their temple on the Temple Mount. Uh, you know, if, if Ezekiel 38 and 39 occurs before the Antichrist rise to power, which is called the Gog and Magog War, if the right. Gog and Magog War happens, then Israel won't have anything to worry about Islam. Islam yes. in the Middle East will be decimated. And so, uh, yeah. the, whatever it is, whatever the mm-hmm. reasons behind it, the Antichrist will uh, create a covenant with Israel, but he will break that covenant three and a half years in, and he yeah. will desecrate the temple. He will walk into the temple, according to Second Thessalonians, and he will declare himself to be God. Mm. You know, Nathan, uh, uh, that's a great point that you're making because we find right now that that, that battle in Ezekiel 30 and 39 is one that really, it can actually start, it can occur in our time and lead through the tribulation. And that would, uh, again, resolve that issue there of that tension between the Muslim world and the Jews. Yeah, and we don't know when the rapture will come. The Gog and Magog war could yeah. happen before the rapture. I, I find that hard to believe because God is so supernaturally involved in defeating Israel's enemies. Yes. And uh, so the whole world will know he's God. He's not using the church. He's using Israel. Mm-hmm. That's a clear shift in focus from the church to Israel. But uh, the Jews rebuilding the temple could happen while we're still here on earth. Yeah. We know that's going to happen. And we know that at the end of the Christ, three and a half years into the seven years, that's right. seven weeks of Daniel, is going to, and it says he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. In other words, the Jewish people believe to this day that their sins are only covered unless they have sacrifice. Mm. And they haven't had a temple for, <clears throat> for 2,000 years. 
and the Antichrist will stop that. He will set up an abomination, Antiochus Epiphanes, sacrifice an unclean right. pig on the altar. So we believe that the Antichrist will set up a statue, an image that the world uh, will mm. say that he needs to worship. Uh, the world is supposed to worship his image. And it will make desolate. In other words, like in the, when Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple, the Antichrist, when he desecrates the temple, the Jews will flee into the wilderness to get away from him. And Nathan, and all that is found in Revelation chapter 13, right, Nathan, where it talks about this image and everyone is going to also have to take a mark uh, to be able to live. Yes, yes, thanks for pointing out that reference there. Revelation 13 tells us that the Antichrist and his false prophet will set up some kind of image of the Antichrist mm -hmm. that people are meant to worship. In other words, the Antichrist walks into Israel, he goes into the temple, he kicks the Jews out, he desecrates it, he puts a statue of himself there, right. and he makes the people come to the temple to worship him and not worship God. Excellent. And you know, Nathan, to put it in perspective, again, for someone who's watching and listening, they were looking at the book of Revelation, they're looking at the book of Daniel, they say, man, how do these pieces fall into this puzzle? And here we find a large part of the book of Revelation, it's fitting really into this verse right here, verse 27. Oh, exactly. Especially when we get to the Antichrist. We know most about the Antichrist from Revelation, but, you know, the other, the apostles wrote about him, Daniel here is writing about him. And we know that this Antichrist will be this one world leader, and he will be very much like Antiochus Epiphanes, that ruler who shows up uh, during the Maccabean Revolt, or caused the Maccabean Revolt, really. And uh, he'll be like him. He'll be depraved, yep. this Antichrist. He'll be full of himself. He will have utter contempt for the Jewish people, of utter contempt for God, mm. and he will be an egomaniac demanding that the world worship him instead. Absolutely, and that's why people think, uh, you know, Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, all these were terrible people, but again, someone said, you know, the Antichrist is going to make them look like Boy Scouts. You're not kidding. I mean, Hitler killed his millions, but the Antichrist will kill his billions. Yeah. We read in Revelation, especially during the seal judgments, that by the time we're at three and a half, by the time we're into the three and a half years into the tribulation, half the world population wow. will be dead. That's, I mean, we're about seven billion people right now. Three and a half mm. billion people will be dead by the time the Antichrist comes and desecrates the temple. And you know, Nathan, we know millions upon millions are going to give their hearts to the Lord in the time of the tribulation, but it will be at the cost uh, of their lives. And today, people can actually come to know the Lord without necessarily losing their physical lives, right? Exactly. We live in a good time period at the church age. Yes, it's difficult. Christians are dying left and right, especially by ISIS in the Middle East. Right. Persecutions all over the world. We're seeing a growing persecution of Christians even here in the United States. Absolutely. But we know it's nothing, nothing compared to the persecution that those left behind and become saved during the tribulation are going to have to endure. Matter of fact, the fifth seal judgment in Revelation tells us that the, 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 the martyrs will be from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. And they will die for putting their faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. Today, I don't have to worry too much about dying for my faith in right. Christ. Out here in the safe west, out, down in Dallas, you know, <laughs> Bible Belt, we're good. But uh, you declare that you're a Christian in Iran or, or one of those, those nations, it's a death sentence. But imagine yeah. during that time period, the whole world will be like Iran. The whole world will be hostile wow. to Christianity and want all tribulations things dead. 
Isn't that incredible? And here the, the word of God is so clear, Nathan, that today is a day of salvation. And today people can put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ so that if the rapture were to occur right now, we will all go to heaven and, and be with the Lord. And, and Nate, of course, I know we only have about a minute or so left of the program, but I always like to uh, just give an invitation for someone watching or listening for the first time that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Would you be able, Nate, to lead them maybe into a simple prayer or a way in how they can start their relationship with the Lord right now? Well, God loved the world so much that He gave us His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Mm. It shows you that God loves you. He loves you yeah. so much that He sent His only Son to die on the cross to take your punishment upon Himself. And when you put your faith and trust in Him, that punishment for your sins, your rebellion against God, goes off of you and onto Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus defeated the death sentence by coming back to life again. Mm -hmm. And our victory over sin is tied in when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. So do that today. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, pray in your heart. Dear Jesus, please mm -hmm. forgive me of my sins yes. and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to do just that. Mm -hmm. He will forgive you of your sins. He will remove the guilt. And He will inherit the promises you, of eternal Jesus. life with Him. Oh, amen. Thank you so much, Nathan, for giving that uh, invitation. And if, for those of you that maybe prayed for the first time from wherever you're watching or listening, or maybe you're going to be watching this program at a later time, make sure that you reach out to us. We would love to continue to pray for you and help guide you in this wonderful relationship with the Lord. And of course, Nathan, I know you were closing us off there with the last verse as we're closing there. Uh, this incredible uh, passage is in the 70th week of Daniel. Can you just quickly uh, take us through the ending there, Nate? And uh, hopefully those uh, that are watching will get the full picture here of this passage. Well, the rise, life, and fall of the Antichrist is all tied into Revelation, uh, Daniel 9, 27. And it ends with this. I'm going to switch over to NIV. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end of his decree is poured out on him. Mm. The Antichrist will lose in the end. Jesus Christ will defeat him. Yeah. What a wonderful way, Nathan, to uh, close this uh, second program because it's victory, victory in Jesus Christ. And it's good to know that when we read the end, we win in the book of Revelation. <laughs> amen, amen. The forces of good will always defeat the forces of evil. A lot will die in the process, but the end, Jesus Christ is king. He will set up his throne in Jerusalem on earth, and we, his saints, will serve him and uh, be uh, co-heirs and co-rulers with him. He, he gives us that. Isn't that amazing? You know, Nathan, I really, and that's the word of encouragement that we always leave people with. You know, I know that life is difficult and life is challenging, but if you put your trust in Jesus Christ at the end, everything will work out. So, Nathan, I'm really uh, so thankful that you've taken the time to slowly walk through me, uh, with me, uh, through these wonderful passages, because I really believe that there's so much application here for anyone that is seeking the truth, and God really wants people to understand this. And sometimes it's going to take a little effort from us, right, Nathan, to maybe pray and seek the Lord a little deeper, like Daniel. But it can be revealed to us. Exactly. If we follow the example of Daniel, we too can learn how to pray effectively. Absolutely, and that's why we want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. Continue to pray for God's revelation and continue to pray for us as well. And Nathan, we've come to the end of the second segment of our program. Man, thank you so much for sharing those wonderful verses and opening them up to us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, brother. It's been a great study. 
And I pray you have an awesome week, Nathan, and uh, have a great day. And we thank you for all those who have been tuned in uh, to our program. Again, the truth will set you free. Uh, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, we want to say goodbye. Have a great week and keep your eyes on the Lord. He can come at any moment. And of course, our lines will remain open if you need a prayer, 305-992-9537 or 321 end time. Hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. 